Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me, as always, is um, what order do I usually go in? Logan Stump. Oh, as always, as always, uh, it's double trouble on these. Not two as always, networks. actually, because you missed last week. So yeah. <laughs> I, I got to be first. As always, <laughs> you got to be first and last. All right, and uh, Matt's here as well. Matt Hargrove. Yeah, were you were you gonna almost say quarantine and chill? Uh, I was <laughs> flipping through so many shows. He's going through stateside and Marvel <laughs> like, Infinity, stateside Marvel, break room, quarantine and chill. Yeah, for people that don't know, we did have a podcast called Quarantine and Chill during quarantine, uh, where we did thirteen episodes, just random various topics covering like our favorite things. Uh, so that was that was fun. What was your favorite episode of Quarantine and Chill, Logan? I think it had to be. Didn't we do one on sports where we covered pretty much every sport known to man? Because I uh, felt we like did, we. Well, we did a specific one for baseball and a specific one for soccer. I'm not that's sure what if we forgot the football. Or not. Yeah, baseball. Because I can remember we. There's not a lot of exciting moments in our football lives <laughs> in our football for Logan careers, and I. Yeah. So. Yeah, so Jordan would have been just talking about the Ravens' success, but no, I think it was definitely baseball because we we would, I mean we spent a good solid like hour and a half talking baseball. I really enjoyed the Friends episode, the first one, because I put in all the yeah. sound clips too. <laughs> that was painful, but uh, but great. Um, Matt, what was your favorite quarantine and chill? I love the the Friends one where we said what we didn't like about the show. I've never been able to air my grievances about my yeah one of show our of all time. <laughs> least listened to episodes. Yes, <laughs> oh, it was fun to talk about because there's yeah. always every show has like uh, every show has things people aren't gonna like about it no matter how much you love it. So it's kind of fun to see with a show like Friends that isn't doesn't have like a full structure. It's just a a sitcom, right? Kind of fun to see what you don't like about it. Uh, so. Logan, just a quick uh, little plug here. If you want to tell the people uh, what just released on Stateside Soccer Show today and what we have to look forward to this week. Yeah, so uh, we just released today the Portland Timbers 2021 season preview for MLS with Sam Spieler. Um He was fantastic. I hope I got, I got that name right, I think. Um, his last Spiller. Name. But yeah, just filler. OK, I was <laughs> uh, close enough. But yeah, we, we dropped that one today. And then <clears throat> coming up, we're pretty loaded. We've got tomorrow. We've got two back to back. Pretty much. We've got Dallas Those FC release Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, we've got uh, FC Dallas and then we've got uh, LA Galaxy. So that's going to be uh, a real busy day. But we've got Dan Crook coming on for Dallas. And then we've got the LA is our house. Um for the LA guys in the galaxy. So that's coming up. And then Friday we have the Seattle Sounders to round out the West. So that should be pretty fun. Yeah, it should be. So if you're interested, go ahead and check those out. Uh, You'll find it on the feed you're listening to this to, or you can go to uh, the specific state side soccer feed. Doesn't really matter as long as you're listening um so let's get into it we got midweek games and uh weekend games to catch up on here in the premier league uh main storylines here i'm gonna i'm gonna say a storyline and then logan i'm gonna ask you for 
a storyline, and then I'm going to ask Matt for a storyline. Okay. So just think Sounds of good. just think of storylines that you're interested in talking about, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of the storylines uh, after that. But my number one storyline right now. Uh, as a Chelsea fan, uh, wearing my Pulisic jersey is Chelsea and, of course, uh, the Christian Pulisic situation. Uh, I just saw numbers recently of how many minutes he's played under Tuchel in the last nine games. Uh, 141 or something. 180-something. It's a very small number. Compared to Lampard's last nine matches, which was 700 and some minutes, Um the the frustrating thing is just the same response from from Tuchel after every game. Uh, let me just pull that up here. I have it somewhere here. And not to bury the lead, you know, like they, they did, <laughs> they did uh, win the game. They're unbeaten under Tuchel. So whatever he's doing is working currently. But uh, the frustration comes from, you know, where they're rotating the squad out and you don't get... Uh, Pulisic to even get a, get a start here. So now I can't find it, of course. Yeah, I, I know think I sent, the, it, I sent it to you guys, didn't I? Let me just go pull that up. Yeah, and I know that the U.S. guy, I mean, we get it a lot over here because the men's national team, I mean, I know that's been a big focus yeah. on, and I saw the quote, um, I just don't remember it. I mean, I remember here it, Yeah, here it is. It, but, too cool on Pulisic. It is a bit unfair, but I know what an impact he can have in the last 20 to 30 minutes from the bench. He was unlucky in the last game. It is not a lack of quality or trust. We have another guy like him in Emerson, who does not play but trains at the highest level. So people before were thinking, okay, well, maybe he's just not training hard enough or maybe he's not impressing enough. But it just really sounds like... And Tuchel had a line right before he said that where it's like, he says, uh, maybe it's because I know what he can do off the bench from Dortmund. So in this case where you thought maybe his experience with him at Dortmund would help, it seems to actually be hindering where... He knows how impactful he can be off the bench, so he's just keeping him on the bench. But then I see Chelsea fans also saying, well, he hasn't done anything to deserve a start. Uh, neither has Timo Werner, right? Like, Timo yeah. Werner is playing every game, <laughs> 90 minutes, like every game, and uh, missing sitter after sitter after sitter. And uh, it's just frustrating. And then you have Pulisic coming in for 90 seconds like today 90 seconds he would have been on there longer but apparently there was a mix-up and it took forever for him to get on the pitch and he kind of that's what his whole life you see the the gif around of him like kind of have you know like exhaustingly throwing his hands up it's because he's trying to get on the field and uh i i just don't know what to make of it at this point uh they've he's been rotating the squad but he's limiting him uh, pulisic to maybe anywhere between 90 seconds to 20 minutes a match at this rate. And I, and sometimes it's at a one nil game where they're not even trying to score. So you're not creating any chances. It's, you know, like they're trying to protect the lead. Uh, I thought this would have been a perfect chance to get them some playing time because they were playing so well against Everton and it was, you know, they were already up two nil. So maybe there would have been some opportunity to not just sit back, but yeah, he gets on for 90 seconds. So, uh, let me just put this to you, Logan, here as somebody that is on Stateside Soccer Show and a U.S. men's national team fan. And uh, are you worried at all about Kirsten Pulisic on the uh, on the trajectory he is on at Chelsea? And should he maybe look for a move or do you think it's uh, he's going to break through the side? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, being on the stateside side of Twitter, you see a lot of concern and you know, there's a lot of differing opinions. There's a lot of the, you know, Tuchel doesn't trust him or maybe there's, uh, I know a lot of people question his health all the time just because he's had those kind of nagging injuries. But when you look at the team that Tuchel's been putting out there, it's a 3-4-2-1. 
And to be quite honest with you, it, he doesn't really fit into that side. Like, if he's going to play two people up top, it seems like it's going to be Zayach, uh, Havertz, or Mount. It doesn't seem like those are going to be spots that he, that Tuchel is willing to give up, especially if Havertz starts to play the way that they thought. And I think Mason Mount's probably been their best player over this stretch. So I think that, you know, when you're looking at the formations that Tuchel's playing, it's hard to see Pulisic get in the lineup. So I think that it's concerning as a U.S. fan because we want, because he's, he's arguably our best player when healthy. So, you know, when you when you look at the, the amount of time he's getting and the form that he's not going to be in when we get him back for qualifications, should we get him back, depending on the, the boundaries and things like that that they put in place and regulations. But, you know, we get him back and he hasn't played and he hasn't played, uh, you know, competitive football every time he gets in. It seems to be last minute when we're completely out of it or they're playing against teams that just aren't as strong. I, I would be considering a move if I was him I would say hey you know if, if I'm not going to play here then let me go to one of these sides that are I guess of lesser ilk of Chelsea because Chelsea's still a big club they're going to spend a lot of money they're going to I mean, be he was linked to team. Bayern <laughs> right well that's the, that's it I mean he must be talented enough if those things are starting to leak out there too he must be talented enough to wear some of these big clubs to be honest with you I think it'd be interesting for him to look to Italy I think that you know the success that McKinney's had there uh, could open some doors and a couple of the other guys that are joining over um, like Reynolds and them. But, uh, you know, I think that looking at where he is right now, he doesn't really have a spot in the Chelsea team as much of his, his relationship is with Tuchel. I just don't see him, you know, his trajectory being very good with Chelsea underneath Tuchel. I think he can fit into the team. Uh, Tuchel never usually le- stays on a formation for too long, but, my whole worry, this is why I didn't even want him to go to Chelsea. You know, you would think that people, you know, like as a Chelsea fan, right? And as a Pulisic fan, you think, oh, this is a match made in heaven. But when he was even first being rumored there, I was like, nope, don't want it. Because I, I don't want, uh, I, I know how Chelsea is. I, I don't want it to become this thing where we then let him go and he becomes like Mo Salah or Kevin De Bruyne and, uh, it's just, and I don't know if he would even get a chance to play. And he actually, you know, like he carried this team in the second half of the year. He actually gave them a lead in the FA Cup final. Um, but it, it's like now, of course, with the tur- manager turnovers all the time at Chelsea, it does put it in a spot where they're not stable enough for me to have liked this move originally because. I was like, oh, yeah, Sorry wants him, and he'll play for Sorry, right? But then Sorry got fired. Then Lampard comes in. It didn't seem like he really wanted Pulisic. But then Pulisic played well, and he worked himself into the team, and he was playing all the time. Then the same thing just going on with Tuchel right now, and it's like, uh, who knows? I mean, maybe that's why he shouldn't leave is because guess what? Tuchel could be out, like, in the summer, right? We don't know. Uh but that's why I didn't want him here. It's like it's going to hurt his development. He's only 22 still. Let's not forget that. Um, that's crazy to me. So it, just it's like, just, that sounds weird. <laughs> it does. So it, it's like this thing for me where I'm just like, I didn't want him here because I didn't. And, and now it like sours my Chelsea matches where I'm like, he can't even play right now. Like, I don't get it. And well, I was preaching. Want him? I was preaching patience, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. You guys can attest to that. I was saying, look, he played like nine in a row for Lampard. Uh, He needs some rest. They'll rotate. He'll rotate. And he just hasn't done that. So for me, it's... uh, And then just to see the same excuse from Tuchel every week of he was unlucky or it's unfair. You're the manager. Either make the decision or don't. Give him a chance or don't. But don't play this whole it's unfair, it's unlucky thing. Just tell us if he's your, in your plans or not, or actually start using him. I mean, like, where's he going to play if he goes to Byron? There, there's no way. Like, it, I hate when no, people they do that. rotate a lot more than I think. Uh, yeah, but well, still, I mean, Tuchel I mean, rotates all the time, but I think that he would. They're, they're going to be losing Kingsley Coman, I think, too. Yeah. So I think he's supposed to be a replacement for that if he was to go there. I mean, Liverpool's looking for people that can score. <laughs> they might have it. Uh, they might have a good fit that. for him over there. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be honest, and that I'll, I'll leave that for my headline. But he go could, ahead, Matt. I, I mean, I I would be all for it. I think he'd probably get a lot of playing time. 
<laughs> yeah, Klopp seems to like him, but I thought the same he thing for Tuchel. So who knows? <laughs> Klopp, like I think it's yeah. said, he's like a child. Like he's like a yeah, child yeah. to him. Like he he loves him. He would, but I don't know if that means he would ever sign him. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He would worry about it. Well, uh, me and Logan just talked a whole bunch there, Matt. Did you have any thoughts on on uh, Chelsea's uh, pool six situation, or I guess? The form they're in. Let's not bury the lead. Like I said, they are up to fourth place, uh, two points above West Ham now, but West Ham have a game in hand. But uh, they're only four points back of United in second. You know, they've been on a good run of form under Tuchel. Uh, You know, they just beat Everton 2-0 today uh, with like 80% possession. But any thoughts here on Chelsea? I think um, it. I think it's what we expected. I, I actually think this is. I don't know if it has to do with the players getting more used to it. I, I think there's a mix of the players getting more comfortable, plus Tuchel being a much better manager than Lampard. Um, and and even if it has to do with formation or just maybe how they they practice or maybe his his strategy. I mean, the way he strategizes has to be levels ahead of Lampard. He's been with some of the biggest teams in Europe. So coming to Chelsea, he didn't have any type of, I don't think he had any issue kind of fitting in. I don't think he had any issue trying to work his way into how the side plays. Um, And so I just think this is a team that we expected. I think if you, the one thing that will be interesting is how do they respond next season if teams start to kind of, you know, understand Tuchel a little bit more with how he plays with the Chelsea players and if they bring anyone in. Because I, I could see it being a slight, you know, sophomore slump in a sense for him if if that doesn't, he doesn't make enough adjustments. But, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't shock me for them to finish second in the league because I, I think at the start of the year, I probably would have put them as the second best team behind City and they're playing like it. So it's really kind of what we expected, I think. Uh, yeah, Havertz played really well today, um, actually. So, you know, at least he was getting his chance today. You know, I said that, was it last week or sometime during midweek? I was like, it would be nice if Havertz and Pulisic got a shot. And uh, one of them did. And uh, he played pretty well. And the team uh, seems to be finding their, their footing. This is the team, like you said, that we kind of expected um, in the sense of... The, and even then, I'm not sure if I can fully say they've reached that even because that means uh, Werner should be probably banging in goals. No, they're um. definitely not. <laughs> they, they haven't reached like their potential, but they have talent, and talent eventually, yeah. talent eventually shows itself. And it's not like they have, you know, older players for the most part. They have young players who are incredibly talented, and they were going to find some form at some point. And it it probably needed the the managerial change. If if it happens sooner, maybe they're slightly challenging City. Probably not really because they just went on a nut nutso type run. But they're a good team, and I don't see it not continuing into next year. I wouldn't shock me to have them be pretty much a dominant top two for quite some time. But I mean, just look at their benches. They they can rotate because they have talent. You know, you have a team that can. In a sense, I mean, it's it's not good for Pulisic, but you can bench Pulisic and play him 15, 20 minutes. Because or 90 seconds, all this, yeah. Yeah, like, you've got all this <laughs> talent, though. Like, it, it kind of shows the difference between a team like Liverpool where Pulisic would be playing every single game because he's better than easily anybody on that bench, plus some of the players starting. But with Chelsea, it's hard because they have so many talented players. You have to be the one that it's getting selected or you're just not going to play. Uh, I think that's enough Chelsea talk. I mean, you know, they're up to fourth. Uh, we'll see if they continue on that trajectory. Uh, they do have a champions league match coming up in a few weeks, but uh Logan, your storyline. What what storyline do you want to touch on first here? Yeah, so I want to talk about the mishandling of Deli Alley and Gareth Bale should have Jose Mourinho on the hot seat. In what in like which way? Like uh I think like that, th- you know, that they're be, finally scoring yes, now and they should have been this scoring. whole time. 
I, I think the whole thing is the the one, for instance, I mean, Deli Alley's been out for, I think it was pretty much up until January before he started getting into some of those cup games. I think that when you look at it, uh, Gareth Bale has, you know, he's gotten those spot starts in people's backyards in the FA Cup and stuff. And, you know, the, the inability to come out and say exactly why they aren't fit for that team. And when you put them in finally, and now they've gone on a stretch of three games where they both have played in that midfield and controlled that midfield, they've played well. I know Sun is going in runs like Klopp does or runs like Pep does or, you know, has these different runs that some of these coaches do. When he does play well, it's because he plays that real banging, old school, old fashioned soccer that I just don't know. You know, that eventually I think is starting to wear out on the league and on, on him. I don't know if the teams can quite figure out, you know, how to play under him. I think that the the rifts that he causes on a team are much more of a penalty to the team than, you know, just getting rid of him and, and having him not coach the team. Because I do think that, you know, when you do, when you look at their form, you have, you've got a team that plays well under him, that plays well with guys that he's just exiled. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're back in form and they're ready to go. I, I just don't get why people hold a lot of praise for him every time. And I know Matt probably doesn't like him too much, but it just he just parks the bus. He doesn't do a whole bunch. I mean, as far as getting players to play together, I don't know. I just ne- I've never been impressed with him. I've never been impressed with he's just dismantled good teams um, by himself, it seems. And, and I think it's a lot of player rift. I don't think it's really anything to do with the players they have. He just does not seem to get along with players, and I just don't know how teams keep hiring him. Well, uh, I would say he probably—I'll defend Jose a, a little bit here because I don't think that he used to do it as much as he does now. Um, you know, like when he was manager of Real Madrid, I don't think they were really parking the bus uh, all that much. Uh, but I think at this point it might be best if he became a manager of a team that is, you know, in the relegation zone and he just sorted out their defense, sat back and gained points at this point. He's the next big Sam. <laughs> it really, he should probably transition to that because, you know, having a team like Tottenham with all that firepower and just uh, sitting back is uh, not going to cut it. Uh, the fans are not going to like it when you go from Pochettino to uh bunker ball uh so yeah I, I think it's just an evolution of who jose is right now and he always has to create some sort of narrative and sometimes that's at the expense of benching players or creating rifts with his own players for whatever reason and i think it worked well under chelsea the times inter milan uh, real madrid but the second stint at Tel- chelsea really poisoned the well his stint at united wasn't as successful you know like no league wins i was gonna um, say he had a brutal year there oh he won a europa he, league yeah uh, but, he, but i mean he went tanked in that one in the league didn't he yeah they they weren't uh not not at the level that people were expecting and then you know at spurs it seems like it might be the same way um where you know maybe Next season, he's gone mid-year, I would say, with, you know, the way it usually goes with him. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Jose and Spurs with uh, finally Bale and Deli Alley breaking into the team? Uh, I, I, I kind of am a little bit on Logan's side of it. that it, It's actually something I don't think you'd even think about until it occurred, obviously, because... Tottenham were struggling, and now all of a sudden they're they're playing incredibly good football. Um, it is weird to think what could the team have been if you know. I guess we don't know everything in a sense of both of those players, or if they were healthy, or however that right. was going, or how they're but, acting. Right. Yeah, but could you imagine like if if they played the entire year with those two, they they are much better than some of the options they have. Bale is clearly better than. Probably anybody on that team minus uh, Kane and and Son. Um, so what what really could have occurred with that team if they would have just gone with it? And I'm sure some uh, not Chelsea. Jeez, we did speak a lot about Chelsea, and now it's in my head. Um, 
but what could Tottenham have achieved? I, you know, and they still have a lot they can because they can get a Carabao Cup. Um, I believe they're out of FA. I think they lost to Everton, but they could get a Carabao Cup. They could get top four if things go well. They could even end up winning Europa League. I mean, they why not have a chance if, if these are the guys that are running out there? And I think that would give Jose a good platform to kind of look at the board if things go poorly at some point next year and be like, listen, I got you a couple of trophies and staying in Europe and now that'd be Champions League too if he gets Europa League. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next year with the team because I, I don't think you'll see a lot of inv- – I don't personally see them spending a lot of money and I, I don't know why, but something in me just doesn't feel like they will because um, I feel like Jose is very specific sometimes with the type of players he wants. But it, it'll be fun to watch him toward the end of this year with those two because it, it does look like Bale and Ali really changed – how they're playing because they look a lot more, they look more threatening, which is the whole issue I had with them. They never looked threatening and it just looked like it was a defensive game that was kind of dull to watch. All right. Any last thoughts here on Tottenham? I just wanted to say that they're up to seventh place, 45 points, five points back of Chelsea in fourth, three points back of West Ham in fifth. Um, there. Not much else really going on with them. They do have Arsenal coming up here. I will say this well. summer, this summer, there's a lot of talk right now about some of these big teams want Harry Kane to finally rip him from Tottenham. Um, and I thought that the way it was going, I thought it was very realistic. But now that the way they're playing, I think with Deli Ali and, and Bale going forward, they just look, like Matt said, they just look, they've got now a three headed attack instead of like a you know, a, a straight on line between Son and Kane. It's got the three it's to the, it's so dynamic with Bale and the way that he can, the way that he can get into a midfield. If he, if he could start doing that, it's terrifying because he gets on that left foot and then there's no stopping either of them. So uh, it's, they're lucky because I think that had it kept going the way it was going, Harry Kane would no longer be the striker. And he still might not be if one of these big clubs really wanting. Um, I, I think Harry Kane's going to have to have a good think this summer. Um, I think this would be one of his potential last times for a big move to a to a okay. huge club where he can still be as productive as he is. LA Galaxy need a striker. They do. Like uh, well, you know sport. what? That link up with Chicharito up top <laughs> and get him in form. Uh, yeah, but... Um, oh, man, that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, that's a pipe dream. But, you know... Harry Kane is going to have to think about, and he may already think about this, he may already know, that if he wants to be you know, a Tottenham legend or if he wants to become one of the best, you know, like, cement his legacy of, of Harry Kane, the Premier League striker, right? Like, I think people like myself will always consider Harry Kane one of the best anyway, but there are people out there that will not look at that without him winning a trophy, even though it's a team game. Um, so for me, you know, I'm fine if he stays at Tottenham, but I think himself with like the press and the fans in the country are going to be thinking he needs to move somewhere else and win trophies. You know, he did try a long time with Tottenham to win trophies. Uh, got them to a Champions League final that they lost. They've uh, been close under Pochettino, you know, with the Leicester season where they could have won the league. But ultimately it didn't happen. And I don't think Jose is going to magically make them title winners next year either you know uh with the way that city's playing and if city do sign like holland and uh if chelsea either get timo Werner in form or replace him and manchester united get somebody you know it, it it'd be really tough for them and the way that jose plays i don't think is going to be the best for him either. And it depends too. What if Sun leaves? Does does Kane then leave? You know, Bale's only on a on a loan for this year. So Bale could potentially not come back. So this whole like 
season where you know he was playing with Bale and playing with Son and they're you know linking up if both of those were to leave or one of them were to leave and the other one doesn't come back uh or only one of them is there or whatever it I, I don't know if he would have you know I don't know if they would have a shot right they would have to replace like if Sun left they have to replace Sun and that's been you know really good with assists and goals right so it'd be kind of hard uh to to figure that out i guess um the thing is kane you know is tottenham through and through so i don't know if he actually cares to move to a different team and that's his decision that's his choice and i'd respect that if that's what he wants to do because you don't see a lot of those you know like one club men anymore All right, Matt, hit us up with uh, a topic you would want to discuss. Oh, God. Um, I guess, you know, City are really struggling now after losing one game, but I, I don't see how they can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, 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 I hate doing it, but, I mean, it's got to be Liverpool because this is it, – it's, it's, it's no longer bad run of form. It's, they're a bad team. Like I, I don't feel like there's any way to go about it. I, I don't know what's happening, and I don't think a lot of people do. It, you know, there's at one point you could say injuries, but it, at this point, it's what what has to happen. I think in the upcoming year, in the upcoming summer transfer window, do they need to reset? Do they need to rebuild? Do you want them? You know, there's some people saying they don't want them to finish in even a Europa spot to give the team basically more time off between games. They went from a team with a record winning streak at Anfield to now losing six games in a row, which has never been done before at home in the history of Liverpool. And that's a pretty big history. There's something wrong. And I, you don't really see it in the champions league because they seem to be playing well there, but it, it's the exact same game every single time. It really is. It, you can look at the stats and watch the highlights. You can watch the whole game if you want. The game's the exact same game. And it, it just seems like there's always something wrong every game, whether it's a poor selection of players, which looked like that's that was pretty much the issue this past Sunday. Just They don't have players that can rotate because if you start taking some players out, you get stuck with back lines that have three players that people have never even heard of before. Um, and then you see games like the Chelsea game. Those were some of the worst subs. I, I, I generally will not question Klopp on that, those kind of things, but it almost felt like he was trying too hard, and he made some subs that were just so poor. They weren't going for a goal to tie it. He basically even said it after the, after the game in an interview that certain players would have been better off getting subbed, and he didn't do it because he was trying to calm the team down. So he went with veteran presence over riskier attack players. And it's, it, it's, it's just, it's crazy to see a team go through this. And it, it almost feels like some of these players went from, I was kind of liken it to Peyton Manning. And when, when he went from all pro quarterback and then I felt like his end of his career, not saying that these guys careers are ending, but he almost fell off the face of the earth in terms of his ability to play. And you're watching that with some of these players with Firmino and Mane. Mane doesn't even, Mane looks like he's running through basically quicksand when he's running and he doesn't look strong anymore. And it's shocking to be watching somebody basically go from the best left winger in the world to he's really not even, he's playing at mid table level right now. It's, it's, it's been rough. And I, especially as a fan, I, I don't really know what to expect because um, today they did announce that they'll back Klopp however he wants. Like the Champions League won't affect money, which I, I find hard to believe because winning the Champions League, they still apparently didn't have money. So it's, it, it's a rough stretch and I'm not certain to see what, what to expect next, what to expect the rest of the season. Um, Cause honestly, as a Liverpool fan, I'm ready for the season to end because it's, it's just, it's, been on repeat since January, the same exact thing again and again, and it's just hard to watch now. 
I can kind of see where they would maybe not want to spend money after winning the Champions League because they think, okay, um, we just won the Champions League. We can make more profit by not spending any money. And then they won the title, so they were kind of validated by that. So they kind of went with the same approach this year, and then they just got hit by all the injuries. And then now I just don't even know what's going on um, when you have, you know, like Mane and, and Salah and Firmino up top, and they're just not. It, at times, it seems like they're not wanting to shoot the ball, a lot of like passing and almost trying to walk it in sometimes. But uh, yeah, I'm not really sure <laughs> what's going on. I, I, I will say, I do think that. Next year, they would be better uh, if they don't lose a bunch of players because I do think that uh, when this team is fully healthy and um, kind of get a break to like a mental break to maybe put the pieces together, they would be able to challenge a little bit more than they did this year. Um, they're gonna want to spend anyway, so I can understand where they're coming from because. If you don't like, let's say they don't get top four and then they don't spend, then they're just going to be probably in mid table for years. Right. So what they're going to want to do is spend to make sure that this is a blip and they get in the top four and keep the money and the profits coming in. So I I could see why they'd want to do that. We'll see if they actually do it. Sometimes it's all talk. But Logan, what was your take on uh, Liverpool who have lost? How many was it, Matt? Six? Six, home game? six in a row at home for the first time ever. Yeah, so I, I, I like looking at it. Uh, Wijnaldum, I think, has probably been one of their best, if not their best, um, as far as just being out there and being consistent. Uh, you know, when you look at Salah, he's got six PK goals. So technically, you know, and he's almost automatic from that spot. It's almost impossible to stop him. So you take some of those down. And if you really look at, I mean, Firmino's been decreasing in production since 2018, 17. It's just been kind of a slight turn down. And he's just not impressive to me. Not for a side that that would want to remain that competitive in a Premier League. And I think the other thing is, too, uh, yeah, we can blame injuries. But if you, it also exploits what Liverpool, I think, lack compared to some of these other clubs is it doesn't seem like they have like good depth. Like they don't have that person you turn Not to at, at least you know, like somebody like on the bench that you just turn to and go, okay, real solid. Like the fact that Chelsea can roll out some of these people, even United can roll out some pretty impressive people. It seems like Liverpool are just rolling out a mixed bag of things and saying, oh, I wonder what, what'll work here. Um, obviously it doesn't help with all the injuries. And I think that's going to be the story of this year. And what really sucks, I think for Matt and for all Liverpool fans is because of these injuries, I this this ownership has always, to me, seemed, even in the other sports they own, they seem to be one of those ownership groups that kind of look out there and go, okay, well, we had a bunch of injuries. Um, we might add a piece or two, but I think if we just, and that might be a big mistake. Uh, you know, I'd, 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 like Matt said, is it a reset or is it a, you know, completely rebuild? I, I don't. I don't know, and I don't know how much money they have. They, they've always seemed to be really tight with the purse strings, compared to obviously the two of us and United. Um, so I don't, I don't know where they, exactly they're going to get cash from unless they sell Wijnaldum, um or they sell a Firmino to a team that's just desperate at some point to try to get somebody that can score. And Matt probably knows a lot more about their financial situation, which I imagine is not very good, even though he tries to help out by going to Duncan about thirty-six times a day. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it's like like maybe a couple, couple times a week at this point. <laughs> but seriously, maybe. I mean, where, where do they go? Where do they go to get to help? I mean, they, they've got to sell Wijnaldum. I mean, that's got to be it. Well, he's and they he's, he's he's going to be gone on a free. Um, his contract's Ooh, up. That's lovely. Um, I think the I last the last time I heard Inter Milan was the. It sounds like that's where he's going to end up going, which actually makes a ton of sense. The it seems like the, the teams over in Italy like to sign thirty-plus year old 
players for free. It seems to be like that's their forte. Um, and he's a great player. He's consistently healthy. He's actually with Firmino was out with an injury on Sunday, and that meant Wijnaldum is the only normal starting eleven player this season for Liverpool who's yet to pick up an injury. Um, so he he's always healthy. It's just that you're right with the depth. It, if you look at their bench, even San Sunday, their bench was crazy good because they rotated six, seven players. But even then, I, I you can look at the bench and go, I know who's going to play if they need somebody. Like you can, you can almost tell. You you can look at it going, I know that's going to be a sub. That's going to be a sub. That's going to be a sub. And there's no, there's no like wild card portion of it, like you get with a team like Chelsea or City or United or Tottenham, or even, you know, I, I look at Everton's bench, and I've looked at West Ham's bench, and I've looked at Villa's bench, and they're all so much better. And it, it's just between injuries and Klopp not wanting a big squad, which is actually something he said. He, he prefers having players who can play multiple positions over having, like, crazy squad depth. And it's, it's all, every possible thing that could have happened this year happened, and hopefully the owners do look at it and go, Okay, let's let's reset here. Get rid of some of these guys who just don't cut it. There's a ton of there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them that just don't cut it. Even ones that I like, um, and just kind of go out there and just find talented players. And if they have to be on the bench, they'll be on the bench. So, yeah, that's. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head with it, Logan, especially with the depth. So that puts Liverpool eighth, 43 points out of 28 Europa matches. Conference League, here we come. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about, let, let's finish the top of the table here. Uh, Man City, Logan, uh, lose oh, the Manchester Derby. Uh, so I just want to say that I was right. I Not about this match, but I did just say that they would lose or drop some points this season. So they did, uh, United halted them in their tracks for this match. It's not going to make a big difference. 11 point difference at the top and a 14 different goal differential. So not much is going to change there. It's a downside. Uh, it's a downslide now there. There's nowhere to go, but down for city at this point, it's, <laughs> it's going to be rough. Um, so now they have, uh, was this out of 20 matches? Was it 20 straight wins or something? Like? 21. 21. Uh, in all competitions, that's crazy. Yeah. But uh, not much to probably take away from that, really. But, you know, United get the bragging rights in the city of Manchester. Um, did you want to share any thoughts on, on yeah, Manchester I, City at all? I really or United? Wish, yeah, I'd really wish Pep would just come to the, the right lineup and and just admit that there is no way if I'm putting out a line I don't care how good he's playing there's no way that Riyad Mahrez is ever going to be better than Phil Foden that's I mean I I just don't understand I really don't get it I I don't every time I go on there now it seems like Pep gets this one guy and he's like okay well I really like Riyad Mahrez or I like Bernardo Silva and those are the only two that he seems to really just latch on to and wants to play and Foden sits games I mean he'll go he, he, for a guy that should be in every single lineup and I thought I we had determined this way back in the when they were struggling a little bit the fact that Riyad Mahrez just continues to play and every time he plays he pisses me off he does the same thing and, and I think the players have made comments about it I know De Bruyne has said something that's gotten out in the media that's was along the lines of he dribbles, 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 and then he tries to shoot it into the legs of the defenders. It's like, why did you not even try to move the ball in a possession-style you know, play? I, I don't know. I don't know. It just pisses me off. But that's that's pretty much it for City. That's all of my grievances. It's not much to complain about, but it's something. Because I think he's the next <laughs> wonder kid, and he's just sitting up there going, I wonder when I'm going to play. Because I really don't want to see him get sold to anyone else because it would just be a disaster. And the fact that Riyad Mahrez gets more time, just it's absurd. Um, Matt, any thoughts on either City or United? God, I always get his name. Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer. Solskjaer, yeah. Solskjaer. 
Skalsgard, isn't that the that's a bootstrap bill? Some Skalsgard. Why does he have Pep's number? What is he? The first one to win three. First one to win three games at the Etihad. He's the first time to ever, or he's the first coach to ever beat Pep three times at home. What is it about him? I don't. I don't know. He's a nice guy. He is. Yeah, I really do. Actually, I hate United, but he's actually a really friendly guy. Maybe that's it. He just seems to know how to beat them. But then you you know you're going to see United draw the next like three games, and you're going to have the same like Bruno thing and and all that. But (laughs) there's something about him. He just knows how to beat beat City at the Etihad, which will go down probably as his biggest win and victories for his time at United. It's impressive. Let's start looking at the bottom of the table here. Uh, Fulham with that victory over Liverpool. Uh, they just had a loss against Tottenham, but they get a victory. They're at 26 points out of 28 matches. Logan, they are one point clear. They're one point away from being clear of the relegation zone. They're actually only three goals away from safety at this point. They have a negative 11 goal differential, while Brighton has a negative 8. But Brighton and Newcastle have games in hand, one game in hand each. We have Newcastle sitting at 16 with 27 points. We have Brighton in 17th with 26 points, and then Fulham with 26. That's pretty much where the relegation battle ends. West Brom's at 18 points and Sheffield's at 14. I don't think those two are getting the points in the last 10 games here to get out. But Fulham have a real shot at the expense of Brighton or Newcastle here. Yeah, and I, to be honest, we've been saying this for a while, I think Fulham's playing the best out of all of them. I think they've got Premier League players more so than uh, a Brighton does, and and now in Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle, I think, is just they've hit an end with a lot of players on their team, um, just guys that can't perform at that level anymore. I do think it's interesting if you look at uh, the the way Fulham's played. I think it's it's very much uh, they're very much a kind of a defensive team in a way. I think that they play a much better defense than. Obviously, Brighton and Newcastle. Um, Newcastle's given up 44, whereas compared to Fulham, then Fulham's played one more game than them. Fulham's only given up 33. You know, so if they're able to score, if they were a good scoring team, you could see them up in 14th or 15th because I think that that's, you know, but because they haven't scored, that's been their their problem. But lately, they've they've gotten some goals. Um, Maja's playing there. Uh, I think that that's something that has helped. I think he's played pretty well. Bobby Reed's been really good. Um, unfortunately, my boys for <laughs> Brighton might be in some trouble here. Um, but honestly, to be if, you, if you're looking at it, I'm still in the belief that Newcastle is the team that probably should be the most concerned in that relegation battle, just because I think they've got everything working against them at this point. Uh, and I was looking at their schedule, uh, and they play play a pretty rough schedule to end the season. Um, I think they've got City, uh, Leicester, and Manchester City. Um, they've got Fulham as their last game, so that could be fun. Um, they've got Villa, Tottenham, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester City, Manchester City. So those are, <laughs> those are some really tough games for a team that are just fighting for their life. Um, whereas, you know, Fulham might grab a couple games because I think that they can beat some of these bigger clubs just because they've got the defense to be able to hang up in the premier league. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season ends. I'm really interested to see if Fulham can kind of pull out because I, I would be, it would be cool to see them play at Craven cottage in front of people in the premier league again. They they probably have the best manager of these teams as well. Scott Parker, definitely the most handsome. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You're not a big, uh... <laughs> that was an awful sweater. He was wearing though on Sunday. That was that was some poor poor fashion choices for Mr. Parker. You're not a big <laughs> Steve Bruce fan in the looks no. department. Bad. Oh, no, I, or more of a Roy Hodgins. Uh, more Roy, Roy Hodgson. Yeah. <laughs> like the mold, eighty-eight or something crazy. 
Dude looks like he's gonna die. On I didn't see line. Scott Parker's sweater, so I don't actually know uh, <laughs> how bad it was. Um, but uh, Matt, your thoughts here? I know Fulham just beat uh, Liverpool, but at, at the bottom of the table here, do you think Fulham ultimately at the end of this survives? You've been their biggest naysayer all season, even before they got promoted. <laughs> you said you didn't want them up there because they'll just go right back down but they have a shot here. Do you think they can do it? Yeah, I think they can. Um, I think I think part of the thought on terms of going right back down is I, I think if this was a normal season, you know, because everything's just gone nuts this year, but I think a normal season, you don't see them in as many games just because I think some of the teams that are more talented play to their talent level, but, you know, they... I, I don't see them. I, I this point in time, I can I feel confident in saying that I have more of a thought of them staying up than them going down. And I, I think they're playing better than definitely the two teams below them. There's no chance West Brom and Sheffield are done. That's that's probably one of the easiest. That's probably the easiest thing behind City winning the league. Um, but they're they're playing better than Brighton. They're playing better than Newcastle. And and to be honest, they're only four points behind Burnley with 10 games to go and Burnley haven't exactly set the world on fire either. They, they honestly, by the end of the season, a couple games to go could be out of danger and, and safely into the top 15, which I think would be probably one of the biggest seasons they've had in years. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's a lot of confidence with them. I, I think their defense is honestly one of the best parts. When you look at them, they do have the lowest amount of goals given up until you get to Arsenal and 10th. So they, in a sense, statistically have the best defense in the bottom half of the table. And that's one of the few things I think you need as a team fighting relegation is being able to stop goals. So if they can stop them and get a few goals over time, I, I don't see why they would get relegated compared to some of the other teams that leap goals to teams like Liverpool who can't score. I mean, I, there's going to... It's just the way it is. They they have a good enough defense that they. I just think they need a few goals, and they'll they'll be in fifteenth in no time. So let's take a look at those stats real quick. Uh, they've given up thirty three goals. Brighton is actually pretty close to that with thirty five. Newcastle's given up forty four, and Burnley has given up thirty six. So, out of all those, Newcastle, yeah, definitely looks like they might be in the worst shape there. But I want to just point out the last five matches here, too. Brighton, two draws and three losses in their last five matches, while Newcastle has one win, two losses, and two draws. So kind of toss-up there of which one's been playing better. Newcastle got three points from that win that Brighton kind of been on a bad skid. Burnley, four draws and one loss. So Newcastle, while they've given up the most goals, also is the only team out of those three other than Fulham uh, that has uh, won a match in the last five games. So it really is a big toss-up here. Southampton's really in, could be in trouble, too. They have a game in hand, and they have 33 points, but they only have one win in their last five with three losses and a draw. So uh, some it's big problems. Mino. It's Minamino. He's destroyed Liverpool and Southampton all in one swoop. <laughs> it's the Minamino effect. <laughs> a little different than the bright uh, uh, from the Daryl DK effect. DK huh? effect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I guess uh, any 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 other storylines sticking out to anybody? Or are we good to preview the the week ahead here? I think we're good to preview. We've hit the the big important ones. I think the, the relegation battle is easily the the highlight of the the end of this season. It, I think it should be pretty fun because I do think Newcastle is going to make it interesting for us. And yeah, Brighton, pretty Brighton pretty fun, except for all the fans Brighton. involved losing their team. Yeah, but <laughs> that's fine. That team's a scumbag team anyway. That's mean. I didn't mean that. They're 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 fake owner. They're Mac uh, Ashley or whatever his name is. Is just a horrible person. Yeah. So. Okay, so Wednesday, March tenth, we have Manchester City versus Southampton at one p.m. Then 
On Friday, we have Newcastle versus Aston Villa at 3. On Saturday, we have Leeds versus Chelsea at 7.30. So make sure you tune in to watch uh, 90 seconds of Pulisic play in that one. Crystal Palace versus West Brom <laughs> at 10 o'clock. Uh, Everton versus Burnley at 12.30. Fulham versus City at 3 o'clock. On Sunday, we have Southampton versus Brighton at 8 a.m. because of the time switch. We're changing times, I think, before they do. Leicester, and, well, maybe not. I don't know, because then the rest of the times look normal. Leicester versus Sheffield at 10 o'clock. Arsenal versus Tottenham at 12.30 in the London Derby. Manchester United versus West Ham in the top four battle here, or top five battle, I guess, at 3.15. And then Monday is Wolves versus Liverpool at 4 o'clock. Um, I believe till four o'clock to yeah. To see that's that because will. of the time oh. change. Yeah, that is that is just awful. Who that's torture. You know, take it up with whoever does daylight savings times. I guess <laughs> I would like to know because I don't like the spring forward. Spring forward sucks. Yeah, but I I do like the fact that it'll be light outside to like seven or seven thirty now uh, for me. Point. So that'll be great. I, I, 2 a.m. is my favorite hour of the day, so it, it's a little hard to get through that day. So, 2 a.m. is your worst. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, no predictions today, but um, we do have the Wednesday match coming up here. This episode releases Monday night, so. We got the match looking ahead to Manchester City Southampton. Uh, should be an easy one for City with the way Southampton's at. Newcastle versus Villa is huge for Newcastle. They got to get those three points. Uh, Leeds comfortably mid table right now. Chelsea need to pick that those points up to continue. Hopefully, get some buffer in the top four. Palace versus West Brom. That's huge for West Brom. Not so much for Palace, I guess, at this point. Um, Everton, Burnley, Burnley needs the points. Everton needs the points. We'll see. Uh, that's probably going to be a draw then. <laughs> Fulham versus Man City. Fulham going to win this match as well. Here. So. Uh, <laughs> Southampton, Brighton. Oh, that's a pretty good one on sa- Sunday. Good one, um, Brighton need the points. Southampton could use a little bit of leeway there. Um, Leicester versus Sheffield. Sheffield's pretty much doomed. Arsenal Tottenham is just fun because it's a Tottenham because uh, it's a London derby. I almost said Tottenham derby. And uh, United West Ham should be a good one. And then you got Wolves and Liverpool. So those are the matches we'll be talking about next Monday when we come back. So the, yeah, that, that game's going to end at six o'clock. So like right before we start recording. <laughs> Oh, it'll end way before that, but we'll just be uh, the game will actually still be going because they have to play ninety minutes. Yeah, so Wolves will be up like two now. No yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> most lost still at the top of the goal scoring with seventeen. Harry Kane with sixteen. Bruno Fernandez with sixteen. Uh, assists. Harry Kane leads that with thirteen. And uh, yeah, those are about the biggest stats here. Um. Penalties one. Timo Werner with four. He doesn't actually score them though. He doesn't usually take them. But uh, there you go. Well, that's. I think that's all we really have today. Champions League comes back on next week, right? No, yeah. Liverpool play uh, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Okay, so let's talk that. Liverpool versus Leipzig on Wednesday at three o'clock. PSG versus Barcelona. At 3 p.m. And then, uh, yeah, so it's... Oh, and then Tuesday is Dortmund, Sevilla, Juventus, Porto at 3 o'clock. So, um, feeling comfortable there, Matt? Or are you a little worried that... Uh, is is it a little better that it's not going to be Premier League? <laughs> um, I don't really know if I have any feelings about it anymore. Like, I the game... They, they could win the game. They could lose the game. They could lose the game by three goals. And I, I don't think any of those results would shock me. Um, I, I am a big proponent of 
teams. I, I, I'm just, I'm maybe not proponent, big proponent of it, but I, I do fully understand that there's some seasons where teams just for some reason can't do anything in the league, but then have some sort of way of getting through these top European sides and finding a way into, you know, semifinals, finals of a tournament like this. And would it shock me personally if they somehow found a way to get to the, you know, semifinals? Not really, because they have a they have a two nil lead, you know, if, if you do and it's away goals technically. So, you know, get a goal or two if you can get a goal, you obviously put tons of pressure on Leipzig. So if you can get through that game, you know, there's a couple of teams, obviously, you know, City and Munich are going to be huge to try to avoid in the quarterfinals. But then there's some teams that Liverpool, you know, they could still put a run against. They could put a run against Dortmund. They could put a run against Porto. You know, they're not, they're teams that they could go up against and, and quite possibly get into a semifinals. And it's it's like playoffs in any sport here in America where it's, you know, sometimes it's just at that point in time, if a team can catch some sort of run, I don't think they're going to win because there's no way they're going to beat Munich or City. Um, I, I just don't see how they could do it. But it wouldn't shock me to see them get into the semifinals and give at least some fans something to watch by the end. They have some players, and if, if they play to that level, they could do it. But I could also see them losing 4-0 on Wednesday and being like, oh, well, that that wasn't shocking. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that'll wrap us up there. Uh, Logan, any thoughts on these Champions League matches before we go? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to the Porto game. I'm hoping they can hang on because they, they, they've actually had a pretty good uh, run at it after not playing that great in group stages. So uh, it's pretty cool that they could knock. I mean, it's sad for Weston McKinney, but it's pretty cool for Porto. Um, and I think that I think that actually might come to fruition tomorrow for them. So I'll be rooting for Porto in that one. I think they're struggling in the league, or the um, yeah, they're not playing very well, which is say, so that, that results kind of like what the heck? Yeah, they're kind of in the same Liverpool boat where they might mm-hmm. need to win it to to get back into it right. next year. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, that's been a crazy. Uh, Serie A season for them this uh, this season. Uh, Inter Milan is now really taking a hold of that that whole thing. They're up uh, six points on AC Milan and then up ten points on Juve. So pretty interesting there. And then you have uh, yeah, if we look at Bundesliga, Dortmund all the way down in six. And they had a lead against Bayern, uh, you know, like in the first minute, 1-0. And then they had a second goal, and then they gave up four. So pretty bad for, for Borussia Dortmund, and they're probably going to have to end up selling every single player they have. Thank and God. on that depressing note, I guess we'll <laughs> wrap up this episode. Um, if you want to follow us, we're on Twitter. At stoppage show, facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show. Email us stoppage time show at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram at stoppage time soccer show. Uh, also, coming up soon here, we will be doing some breakdowns of Marvel Studios Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's on one of our other shows, To Infinity Saga and Beyond. And you can follow that at to infinity saga on twitter uh but yeah that's about it so catch out all the interviews on stateside show stateside soccer show that logan and i've been doing to preview the mls season uh you can check out the falcon and the winter soldier stuff or any of the marvel stuff over at to the infinity saga and beyond and that is uh, me and my friend casey just finished our nine episode WandaVision recaps. I'm going to be doing an episode this week about the Spider-Man title, No Way Home. Uh, we're also uh, also going to talk some rumors of the X-Men coming in, rumors of Big Hero 6 coming in. We're going to touch on all that stuff this week. 
And then the week after that, it is Falcon and the Winter Soldier time. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you all next time. Kane has stolen it to death! That's what he's there for! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.